Hello, this is Keith Forkin, athletic trainer at Streamline Sports Physical Therapy. I'm here today just to talk to you about the first episode of Streamline Sports Radio. Uh, we're going to be talking to Blair, the owner of SSPT, um, and just going over her clinic, how she developed this, and all of the professions that work together here um, out of one building, and what our patients should expect, uh, what future patients might be looking for. Um, and just the overall status of Streamline Sports Physical Therapy. Give it a listen, let us know what you think. Okay, welcome to Streamline, Streamline Sports PT Radio Episode 1. Uh, we've got owner Blair here. Uh, Blair, talk to me about yourself. Tell me about your family, friends, what you do. Um, I grew up in Pocatel, Idaho, here in town. Um, both of my parents are from California. They came here in grad school looking for smaller areas because California was already blowing up at that time. And so I went to Pokey High School when it was still the Indians. Um, and then I played basketball for a very short time at ISU where I ended up getting my uh, bachelor's in biology and then went on to get my doctorate in PT in 2011. Sweet. <laughs> what's uh, what's fun time? What's family life? What does that look like for you? Um. Well, so both my parents still live here in town. I am married and have a nine-year-old stepdaughter and a one-year-old son, and he's a lot of fun. Um, so family time here is pretty small. His, my, my mother-in-law lives in town as well. So, and then fun time for me is getting out in the hills and either hiking or running with my d two dogs. So um, this is always, this is the mystery of everybody. Nobody knows how to say your last name. <laughs> Really? It said something that you've yeah. All, all patients, all patients. Oh yeah. Everywhere. Well, I don't. I don't yeah. expect them to. <laughs> um, it's one of those funny last names where it looks really scary, but I'm not sure why because it's very phonetic. Like Z I K R A T C H. Zikratch. Zikratch. Not Zyrtec, nothing like no, that. No, you sound it out, and it is exactly what is phonetic. Uh, I now, love it. Now, where it originated from, which was like Slovakia area, Czechoslovakia, before they split, um, it was not recognizable. So it was, was simplified say, when they came I was going to say, I thought it was yeah. Czech. It seemed yeah. Czech to me. Sweet. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Blair for everybody else who's scared of pronouncing it. And uh, everybody, yeah, I yeah, think I just pretty much universally go by Blair. Yeah, and yeah. that's everybody knows Blair the PT in yeah. town. Yep, it's <laughs> it's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, anyway, uh, fun last name stuff. So, um, so tell me about school, undergrad school, graduate school. Uh, you got your bachelor's degree from ISU, mm -hmm. and then doctor's doctorate from ISU also? Yeah, so actually I have three degrees from ISU. Um, they have lots of my money. Um, I, uh, bachelor's in biology, and then I couldn't, I was, it was either between med school or PT school. Um, so academically, especially in undergrad, I kind of made sure that I had all the med school boxes checked. So it was pretty rigorous, I guess I would say. And then I knew that, like, I had the grades and the test scores to go to med school, but I, I just like being much more hands-on with people. And I did a lot of shadowing to kind of help me decide. Mm -hmm. And despite the huge differences in income, um, I kind of stuck with PT just because of the day-to-day -day stuff. And so then I applied to, you know, your handful of schools, but got early acceptance into ISU, which was nice because then I didn't have to go around interviewing and spending money that way. 
And so then I got my doctorate in PT in 2011. And I worked, my first job was at a private practice that was up at, um, I had an orthopedic center. And worked for, I'm trying to think, three years before I decided to go back and get my master's in athletic training. And part of the reason for that was um, the master's of athletic training program at ISU was new. <clears throat> and they had just accepted their initial class. and. I knew the director as well as I had already established really good relationships with ISU's athletic trainers um, and had started working with the athletes almost exclusively and but only by developing relationships with those trainers. And so then they had started to use some of my help um, on the road, especially with football and um, sometimes on sideline, but I also wanted to feel like more complete in that environment and the only way you can really do that is to be an AT. And so then I started talking to the department head, Danny Moffitt, and because I had just gone through PT school and a lot of it overlaps, she ended up allowing me to, I don't know if testing out is the right term, but not have to take essentially mm -hmm. basically the stuff that I had already taken. Right. Um, and so while working full time, I still, it still took me a year and a half because you have to do all those crazy clinical hours mm -hmm. and everything. And so I got that in 2016. And I think originally, like I, I wanted it to solidify relationships with ATs because I specialize, tend to specialize more in the athletic population. Um, I also wanted the ability to be on playing surface, field, court, whatever, if I needed to. Um, but I also, at one point, had kind of wondered about working for a professional team, football especially. Mm -hmm. And that's, at that point, it wasn't necessarily a requisite. It is more that way now, um, mm -hmm. as far as PT, ATC. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't all that crazy common right. at that point. And so... so what were some of the like differences in the rigors of the program like the things you learned in pt school versus athletic training school um well i hope i don't uh bother anybody by these opinions but um generally from like in retrospect because when you're in it it's a little bit harder to to really generalize and be able to kind of summarize your experiences but in retrospect um PT, you spend a lot of time learning about rehabilitation in general. Uh, and not just that, I guess I should also say examination, evaluation, you know, diagnosing, obviously not like a medical doctor, but functionally and or related to impairments More or body injury movement. or whatever. Um, and rehabilitation. and you don't t spend a lot of time in any one setting because PT kind of like ET, except I would say even more has a broader range of settings in which you can work. Like there's anything from home health to acute care in hospitals to ICU to respiratory to wound to neural. outpatient orthopedic to neural to peds. I mean, there's all mm -hmm. sorts of stuff. So they try to cover it at least a starting point in almost all of those things with a little bit more heavy emphasis in orthopedics, musculoskeletal stuff, but not much. Right. In a decent background in neural, I would say was also fairly heavy. And then you're expected to have clinicals in a couple, like you have to check boxes so that you get the variety of a couple of those areas as well. Mm -hmm. In contrast, athletic training 
I think the biggest difference was a very heavy emphasis on emergent care, I guess I would call it. So yes, on playing surface, like, is it broken? Is it strained? Can we keep playing? But even the more serious stuff as far as head and neck, concussion, spinal injuries, you know, so spine boarding and immediate emergent care of those more emergent things, mm-hmm. um, you know, dealing with respiratory tubes and like all, all that stuff right. uh, was something that PT does not touch. Right. Um, obviously rehabilitating a concussion is something that's discussed and you look at a little bit, mm-hmm. not in great detail, but it's, you know, on the radar. But I, as far as how to handle like on field, on site injury stuff, it's not there. That emphasis isn't really there. Right. So that was yeah. the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Now rehab wise, because athletic trainers in a lot of settings are expected to rehab in a mm-hmm. lot of situations. I would say, you know, they, they go through it for sure. The way in which they go through it is pretty different. It's kind of like a checklist of the whole Crash body. Crash course. Well, it's literally a list of the whole body and all of the areas. And while I understand organizing it that way, I don't think anybody really learns that way. And I don't. it's not functional. Like, you don't treat things that way. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, in PT school, it was kind of similar. It's like by body region. But a little less listy, you right, know. Now yeah. I think that totally depends on the programs and where. Mm-hmm. But athletic training, in particular, especially if it's a two-year masters, there's so much to know about the emergent side of things. I mean, right down to wounds and infections and mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That it's more. I don't want to say more important, but more emergent. Like you, as an athletic trainer, you have to be able to handle those situations, or something bad might happen. Right. You know, for most PTs, if I mishandle a shoulder diagnosis, the worst that's going to happen is it's just not going to get better. Yeah. You know, for for mo- in most cases, you know, hospitals and ICU stuff's a little different, but the emergentness is not quite there. The same. Yeah. So totally. you have to spend a lot of time on that, and as a result, I think fully understanding or having a better foundation in rehab and diagnosing, because you're expected, you should, you know, they kind of expect you to be able to exam, evaluate, diagnose, all that stuff, is is covered but having gone through it myself there's no way to come out of it being competent competent. yeah totally. and that also goes for pt but not quite as much given the clinical experience like things are just more specialized in that direction right so so i guess that segues nicely into uh something i had on my list to talk about the clinic that you now run we've got athletic trainers and pts in Mm -hmm. the same clinic um what brought that up on like, why did you want that in your setting? I, You know, to be totally honest with you, I'm not sure it was an initial goal. Like, when you start out on your own, it's it's pretty overwhelming because there's a lot of stuff. Um, and so it, it kind of, you just roll with things as they go. Like, I need a PTA, I need somebody, a receptionist, I need a documentation system, I need a bill, like that, you know, so you just kind of keep growing. And honestly, one of the big things was... I. I have always liked having multiple uh, professions, disciplines, if that's around, because mm-hmm. in my uh, experience with ISU athletic trainers especially, like I, I got to kind of sit back a lot and watch how all of these different things interacted, um, from orthopedic surgeons to the family docs that mm-hmm. are on site to the ATs to the you know, in my case, PT, and there was major trial and error in terms of what the role actually was there because you want it because it's cool, it's sports, right? You want to be as involved as possible, but I quickly realized that you step on toes and you make things worse 
you got to know your your zone. Mm -hmm. Know your role, especially to effectively work together with other professions. Mm -hmm. You got to know, you know, how when to insert yourself and when not to, basically. Right. Um, Especially like sports are a little bit clearer to me because, in my opinion, athletic trainers like they're they run the show there because they have to coordinate all of that. So I always kind of deferred to, especially the athletic trainers, like, do you need help? No. Cool. Like, you know, um, and then as you build relationships with people, that gets a little bit easier. But so along with that, there was a chiropractor around a decent amount. Um, and so I got to see how all that worked well and how it didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think when it did, it's pretty interesting. And so as the clinic started growing and I, have known Kendi. I went through the program with Kendi Wilson mm-hmm. through the athletic training program. She was being an athletic trainer and also kind of needed another job basically. And so she started as a tech and I had a technician and I had worked with her enough that I wanted to get her more involved because her knowledge in like treatment and rehab was pretty good because she had learned from me. I had learned from her, you know, that kind of a thing. And so then it started making me think, well, so how do we, how could we do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started researching. At first, we thought that maybe athletic trainers could bill under PTs, like they can under mm-hmm. chiropractors or uh, physicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it turns out through code, like the athletic training, um, basically operational code is allows it if a state allows it, and ours does not. Not many do. Mm-hmm. There's like two. So then we started looking at other avenues of how to get things involved there. And um, the wellness program is kind of what ended up developing Mm -hmm. because that is something that I started a long time ago because I recognized a need for cash-based services that were affordable because insurance is either expensive or people don't have it or they just plain can't afford it or, you know, or even the copays or whatever. Yeah. And so describe describe that wellness program yeah. for me. Just like I, like I don't know what it is. Just, yeah. you know. <laughs> so kind of going along with that, the need started with people in need of rehabilitation in order to return to anything, mm-hmm. or even they just want to be better, but financially the insurance just it doesn't make sense. And right. we see a lot of people drop off for that reason because mm-hmm. you know you have to have money yeah um cash pay for pt generally is crazy expensive and even even if you knock it down to okay a hundred dollars a visit which is hugely marked down off of what we actually bill Mm -hmm. and we bill that much because insurance companies don't pay anything so you have to like over inflate in order to get anything back get payment back anyways even that discounted hundred dollars per visit and i'm using air quotes here because it's still expensive is crazy like nobody can do that mm-hmm. when you're looking at a frequency of a couple times a week you right. know um nobody wants to do yeah. that and so then i started kind of going okay you know so for example acl repairs kids athletes the weekend warriors skier like whatever you do it's one of those things that if you don't fully rehab it it's gonna you're gonna struggle in some way it's gonna negatively impact you down in in mm-hmm. a lot of ways mm-hmm. It's like a six to nine month rehab period, depending upon just how involved and how active or how specialized you are. Well, very few insurances are going to cover people for six months. Yeah. And so that was kind of the prime example of me kind of going, okay, so how do we do this? And so then we started the wellness program, which was basically you've exhausted your insurance or you can't afford it anymore. We'll give you two visits a week at a hundred bucks a month, basically. And I started out, you know, pretty ridiculously low because I was just trying to help people. And um, 
and cover it that way. Well, as soon as athletic training came into the perspective, because not only did I have kindy, but then she had some contacts that also kind of wanted to get out of the typical work 24 hours a day, athletic training Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And um, so then it became, okay, so you can't bill in PT, but you could do this, Mm -hmm. you know, because for a long time I was fitting those wellness patients onto all of our clinicians' schedules. Mm -hmm. And as far as running a business goes, that's not profitable. Right. um, In fact, it's the opposite. Right. Um, But we were still doing it because we were still helping people. And so then once we figured that niche out, it worked a lot better. So Mm -hmm. basically, to really answer your question, the wellness program, they, Candy and my athletic trainers, you, Mm -hmm. have now developed tiers of this wellness program that range from gap coverage, like so your insurance, you were a patient and your insurance just isn't working for one reason or another. Here's your gap coverage, $100 a month, you get to work with our athletic trainers, you know. Then there's basic, you need help with exercise prescription, uh, form monitoring, helping along the way. Then there's including modalities, and then there's including manual therapy, which is basically the whole experience. And there's different monthly cash prices for each. Mm-hmm. Basically, the visits after you pay that cash price is are unlimited. You can come as many times as you want. So it's mm-hmm. like as far as how it goes financially, it's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Um, but it's been really good for people, like I said, financially for insurance reasons. I mean, we have one now who doesn't, her insurance is crazy expensive and she had a massive knee injury and her knee is in terrible shape because she couldn't afford to go to rehab, but she can afford this wellness program. So at mm-hmm. least we're getting somewhere. Right. You know? So talk to me about situations like that where we've mm-hmm. got a train wreck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of, uh, I guess environment do you want in your clinic as far as the correlation of all of these disciplines from sure. you know our chiropractor in-house who's AJ to all of the PTs we have on staff to our um, PTAs and then us athletic trainers. So me from the very beginning I and I don't know if it's just my personality or I, like things should be fun. Mm-hmm. So right from, and this started with the first private practice that I started at, especially when we were working with athletes or younger people, like you need to keep it interesting and fun or die. So people fall off of rehab, usually for one of two reasons. One, they can't afford it. So there's the wellness program. Or mm-hmm. two, they don't feel like they're making any progress, which can be either I'm bored and I feel like I could be doing this myself, which is I'm bored and or I'm not getting enough one-on-one attention or your exercise prescription or like your skill isn't high enough and I'm really not making any progress either way it's not really worth it to me so I'm just gonna stop coming those are usually the two fall off reasons so first of all by having a fun environment where you really get to know people and people start joking around they have more fun it's more valuable right off the bat because it's a fun experience it's Mm -hmm. not I'm gonna go sit on a bike and then maybe do some boring exercises by myself right um so that was just always kind of me from the very beginning Mm -hmm. and so we carried that with us when I started this clinic. And so it was this fun environment and you obviously have to balance patient like privacy with fun. Mm-hmm. But so then you get the other disciplines in and you still want to still want that environment. Mm-hmm. Fun, there's some music going, people are social or if they really don't want to be, they don't have to be. We have private treatment rooms and we can there's a big enough floor space that you can kind of sequester off into a different area. But the whole goal really, especially with the development and continual growth of this wellness program is inter, um, working together, inner discussion, learning off of each other, bouncing ideas off of each other, you know, an athletic trainer says, Hey, I just evaluated this train wreck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I saw this, this, and this, what would you suggest? Like you have more experience in this area, what would you suggest? Mm -hmm. So the wellness patients are essentially getting the knowledge from PTs through athletic trainers, which you won't find anywhere else either. Um, and vice versa, you know, so athletic trainers have kind of what I talked about before, most specialty and obviously taping and that kind of stuff, which we see a decent amount of kids needing, but also, um, more emergent, come check this ACL for me. I think I know what I feel, but I want other perspectives Mm -hmm. or this might be broken or do you think it's herniated? You know, so there's just being able to combine all specialties of knowledge into one area is good mm-hmm. you know now i'm curious you have a lot of knowledge in this area the return to sport part of things you know you're very specialized in sport uh the rest of the staff and the work that the athletic trainers do in return to sport um you know i think that's mm-hmm. been a big part of a lot of my role um, here at the clinic is you know working with some of these young athletes and working with some of the ptas and some of the um, patients that need to have functionality to, to return mm-hmm. to sport. Um, I think that's a big part. I do less of it with you because you have the athletic training ex- experience and the PT experience. Um, is that another role that you were like thinking of when you were starting this program or has it just kind of been like a nice outcome? Well, mm, kind of both. And what I mean by that is that that part of it is uh, the risk of sounding like I have a big head that part of it is something that's always just made sense to me Mm -hmm. um at being a former athlete I know what it's like to just kind of get cut loose and especially in collegiate athletics you're generally uncomfortable because coaches like it's just a high stress environment um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure and so being like oh yeah your knee looks great and you're kind of going in your head well I know that you say that but like how do I go play basketball now Mm -hmm. um So I was aware of that more from that actual athlete perspective, but also just being able to watch athletes and like, you just really want them to be prepared or at least I have, you know? And and so that was something that I was more invested in researching and and being aware of and really watching um, than a lot of places, I would say. Um, At my first job, it made me not super popular because it's not all that um, profitable. Mm after a certain point you can't really bill for a lot of that and or it's like sometimes not within the realm now if you do it correctly it's in the realm of pt but Mm -hmm. they we weren't Mm -hmm. because that's not what they wanted to do right you know um so but that's kind of the way that i went anyway so as i started to kind of keep going with that then as we started to grow my mind was how do i essentially you kind of go to okay if this is working if what i am doing is working how do I reproduce me or how do I reproduce like not just me but reproduce that, that outcome yeah, yeah and that uh, quality I guess mm-hmm. um, and so then you start looking at kind of things like what you're talking about in terms of okay so this PTA or this PT is great at this but doesn't have the same experience or I that I do for the rest how, how do we close that gap mm-hmm. and so that's where a lot of the athletic training side of things has really complemented it nicely mm-hmm. and so to really answer your question I'm not sure that I was aware in the very beginning that that was the answer mm-hmm. I was aware that there would be a problem eventually mm-hmm. but it has solved itself right very fortuitously I guess yeah. I would say <laughs> you know yeah. like um it just worked perfectly Mm -hmm. you know now on the flip side and maybe this is a question for you i have been around ats you know and everybody's different in all fields that aren't great at that Mm -hmm. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, so we have been fortunate enough to have you and others that are mm -hmm. or have picked it up very quickly. One mm -hmm. of the two, you know, because um, that I think that goes for every profession. Right. Oh, yeah. Know? Well, and it I think it all stems from your experiences and your resources mm -hmm. inside those experiences. Definitely. So for myself with my high school background, mm -hmm. I had to have a way to tell kids, yeah, you can play. Yeah. Or no, you well, can't Well, you play. were it. Yeah. That and it. that like, yeah. And so I came up with simple things that like either you can do this and you can play or you can't mm -hmm. and you can't play. And so that, those were my return to play tests. And that also attests to you wanting to have standards basically mm -hmm. or rationale behind yeah. your decisions. Because I've been around others, PTs included, but mm -hmm. also athletic trainers that it's more arbitrary. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you look good. Let's go. You know, and I see that, I hear that from patients all the time on the PT side of things. Mm -hmm. Well, they said I looked good. Well, that's great, but that doesn't, you know, <laughs> it's it not objective feel, enough. Yeah, it doesn't basically. mean you feel good. It doesn't mean you yeah. can do these things so, that are required. Yeah. It just, it's all very personality based. I think how good at it you want to be, mm -hmm. basically. So. Totally. Well, I think that brings the clinic to kind of like how it is right now in a snapshot. What are some of the goals shooting forward this year? I know you're a super goal-oriented person. So what does it look like? What do you envision coming up in the next year? Well, anytime you bring uh, professions together, there's difficulties. Um, I mean, I saw it firsthand with ISU. Like, things can either work really well together or they can not. It can be a jumbled mess. And typically it requires a system, a very well outlined system with outlined boundaries and roles and expectations, like mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. I think last year when we really started to combine the different professions in the wellness versus the you know um, actual physical therapy, um, we saw the need for that. Mm -hmm. And I think we have done a better job of systemizing the way things work. So mm -hmm. goals moving forward would be, I guess, continued growth of both mm -hmm. in their respective areas. And what does then, that look like? Um, really, for me, on the physical therapy side of things, it doesn't, it's not synonymous with more staff. Mm -hmm. um, it is more about growth in terms of, you know, maybe a little bit like one or two more staff as need arises, but more growth within like everybody continues to grow in their skills so quality of treatment is excellent from beginning to end and there's nothing dropped in the communications but you know just making everything much smoother high um, educated mm -hmm. stuff yep. you know and uh, the business grows like i don't have aspirations to have franchises multiple like locations a huge fit like that's not really my goal it's we've gotten to where i kind of had envisioned things now if further growth happens awesome but that's not like I'm not pushing for that necessarily mm -hmm. so growth it meaning more quality right also more knowledge of the sport and or athletic training side of things even if it's not sport oriented even if it's just patients being treated on the wellness side with athletic trainers um, knowing more seamlessly how to interact and work together because uh, you don't come out of school knowing that right in fact I would say most programs whether it's PT PTA and I can't speak for others but Kind of like I, I do remember PT talking about chiropractics and the roles, how they were trying to do a lot of things that PTs should be just in PT realm. And I remember sitting there thinking, yeah, but like I know why it matters, but 
it shouldn't be a, an issue, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and you know they're trying to protect us legally, and or, you know I get it. So there's place for both of those, but I still feel like everybody can work together, and so. Mm -hmm learn for some of even the clinicians we have now are really learning to work together without being threatened or feeling like your toes are stepped on or whatever is is hard mm -hmm. is a skill a development so that would be part of the growth on that side mm -hmm. as far as the other side of things athletic training and wellness what i say growth i mean more patience mm -hmm. more people taking advantage of that wellness mm -hmm. um which we've already started to see mm -hmm thanks to you and Kindy and Thomas um, and Jimmy, if you can hear me. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, so more utilization of that, more actual volume and continued, you know, I've, I think as ATs in, a in an environment that isn't necessarily AT, you guys have kind of been forced to or instantly are more interested in getting knowledge from the other side because mm -hmm. you're in a foreign environment you right. know so i don't think that needing to work well with the other side is so much a goal for the wellness side of things mm -hmm. so yeah we know we're fish out of water yeah we, yeah like, it's, it's a little bit more obvious yeah, too you know yeah. what i mean um so those are the growth goals because really the whole point is to really provide good care from start to finish for everybody as much as we can regardless mm -hmm. of situation and, and mm -hmm. all of that so um, and I also I do want to mention that we talk a lot about sports because that's I specialize in you know and that's what everybody thinks of as athletic training but we also really specialize in just general orthopedics I tend to get more of the odd things that we don't know a diagnosis or n several treatments before haven't worked or, or whatever, but we have lots of clinicians who are very good at that. You don't have to be an athlete. People right. hear that and get intimidated sometimes, and that's not. That's not the setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we have a lot of non-athletes. Uh, yeah, and um, I, that goes for the wellness program too. You guys mm -hmm. see a lot of like people who just need help with their knee, like that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so, um, sports are fun and flashy, and um, I think everybody kind of likes that environment but i think it's important for everybody to know that that's not everything that's going yeah. on here as well yeah we want people to have normal lives yeah. not just mm -hmm. play sports yeah totally even if that means you just want to get up your stairs right yeah you know that's that's still very important mm -hmm. so um so let's talk about COVID a little bit mm. so we had crazy stuff over the summer i started in july um in the midst of COVID. Um, so tell me a little bit how COVID has affected the business and how it has grown from that and what the projection looks like as far as where you're sitting um, business-wise for COVID. Well, COVID, you know, I, I think it's pretty well known that COVID has adversely affected most businesses in some way. I mean, there's some categories that it probably hasn't, and some that have the demand and the need has gone up, but they're few and far between, I would say. As far as physical therapy here at this clinic is concerned, um, I, it, it started out not a huge deal, and then as soon as it became a deal, and I'm trying to remember, February or March, when it really, like, it was like, it's in the U.S., we have a problem, we need to all social distance and that kind of came out um they tanked mm -hmm. like went from like by more than half of patient volume mm -hmm. um 
and just like you know anytime I kind of saw it coming so I had sort of taken some uh, corrective measures I guess you would say as far as financials and other things going um, and which was good but you always have to adjust and I think mm -hmm. that's kind of the biggest thing that I've learned about business in general but especially business in terms of like humans mm -hmm. uh, you have to adjust mm -hmm. and so it really had a huge impact because not only did everybody stop coming essentially but then you had all of these restrictions in terms of people need to be six feet apart so all of our equipment had to be moved you have to really and we've always been pretty big on sanitizing anyways but you had to really like do you have the right stuff you have to do let it sit for x amount of time do you, you know like do we have enough tech uh, technician support staff basically to make sure that every living and non-living thing is cleaned all the time and the mm -hmm. answer for a lot of it was no mm -hmm. so we have a patient volume going down and a need for um, payroll basically to go more up. staff yeah yeah um, so a lot of challenges there and then there's always I think in any business uh, and I know a lot of people are really hurting in this area is that's kind of the what if you know mm -hmm. we're fortunate and the First of all, we are an essential, labeled as an essential business because mm -hmm. we're healthcare. Mm -hmm. um, so very fortunate there. But also, second of all, it's one of those things that will always be needed, right? You know, in some way or another. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were able to weather it through some strategic business planning and other things, and pretty good understanding and flexibility by staff because everybody knew what situation we were in. And you just have to adjust mm -hmm. and roll with it. And I think over time, not only did, even though COVID exposure and cases were going up, but people's fear of it, I think, and the realization that life has to continue and I still need to make my knee work or shoulder or back or whatever, you know, things started to smooth out a little bit that mm -hmm. way. And so we, last year, ended up coming back eventually i would say it took about six months to where we were before and then even surpassed it mm -hmm. um which was pretty amazing mm -hmm. um so projections going forward you know i have goals and i know you said i'm goal oriented so i have goals but i'm very like they're achievable goals mm -hmm. right and they're easily measured right um so i don't tend to have those crazy projections like I'd like to see the business take off and get going and have all this, like, I, I think you just roll with stuff. Mm -hmm. So my goals are for the wellness program to be more popular, more utilized by people. That's one of them. Um, we have one other PT who we've long awaited that we're bringing on in June. So to have enough patient volume for that, basically, mm -hmm. I probably will need more space at some point. So that's kind of on the horizon. Um, but as far as projections go, don't have any huge aspirations is I just want you know all staff to be taken care of and comfortable and people in town to really utilize what I would consider probably the most skilled and f like one-on-one -on -one holistic treatment and around basically mm -hmm. so um, just to really kind of keep coming back from the effects of COVID now yeah. along with that goes you have to constantly roll with cancellation rates because mm -hmm. of exposure or testing positive or symptoms or whatever and that's a, I would assume that most other similar industries are expense or uh, experiencing the same thing because mm -hmm. um, there's nothing you can do about that right yeah so learning to adjust how you need to to mm -hmm. that new factor um, and then there's always a little bit of a sense of 
like apprehension about if anything new developed with respects to COVID. Um, right. And you know, every time Governor Little gave a new announcement or let everybody know that there was going to be a an announcement that day, everybody was kind of going, "Oh God, here we go." You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a little bit of that, but I think we're we're adjusting. Mm-hmm. So projections would be to slowly return to normal. Right. Likely still with masks. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good kind of outline of our of the business that you run and what we do here in the clinic. So, well, thanks for coming on and recording for me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Done. <laughs> <laughs> you are good at